church. I came out. We were we were meeting in the old General Cinema movie theater in the Altamont Mall. Church was a little over a year old, and Dr. Joel used to do a television program, and he came out and he interviewed us. What was really cool about that, uh, Dr. I don't know how I got connected with him. I met Dr. Joel, and and he invited me to be a part of, of a small group that he had led with pastors in the community. And for three years, three years, Northland Community Church gave City Church $1,000 a month at our very beginning to help us get launched. Can we give Northland Community Church a great big hand? I mean, it was, it's just been an amazing journey. We actually started in Metro West. We moved to, to Central Florida. We lived in Metro West. And God, by his providence, has just led us up the freeway. We went to Altamont, to Longwood, and uh, we've landed here in Sanford. And in, it's here in Sanford we've really seen God do an incredible work over these last 10 years. And every person, when you came in today, when you sat down on your seat, there should be a brochure that looks like this. And I'd like to have, I'm going to walk through this brochure, and I want to answer the question today, why reach? Why reach? Why do we want to reach? If you look around the room, you'll see there's posters on the wall, and the poster up here, reach blank. Because there is a person, there is a people, there is a group, there is someone that God has designed and created you to reach. And only you can reach them. And so this journey that we're on together as a family, we hope to explain to you over the next four weeks why reach. But today I want you to look at our brochure. The very front, it says, so that God's grace may reach more and more people. So that God's grace can reach more and more people. This thing is really about the grace of God reaching more people. If you turn into the inside of the brochure, we, we have the first question here, why a reach campaign? The first reason is really simple. We're out of room. We have four, week, we have four services a week on, on this campus, three on Sunday morning, one on Wednesday night, and we're currently running over 1,100 people in our four services. Can you give God a great big hand? Now, that might not be a big deal to you, but the fact is that this auditorium was designed for 190 people, 192 people this auditorium was designed for, and God has blessed us, and it's been an incredible thing to see what God has done. And so we know that in this season that God has called us, we right now have an opportunity. You saw the video of a building. It used to be the old gathering place, or maybe there is someone here this morning that used to attend that church, but uh, that facility has been on the market for a little over a year now. And um, the property that's located there is 12 acres. There's an 800-seat auditorium. There's a 200-seat other building that uh, seats about 200 people. Our current auditorium seats about 200 people. It literally enables us overnight to quadruple our opportunity to reach more people. That is an amazing thing. You know, how that building became available and the pain and some of the things that have taken place over the last couple of years is a very, very sad thing. But I, I want to tell you something today. I, I was in the first service, and there was a woman and her husband that had been on staff at that church, and, and she was crying. She was really crying. It was very painful for her to see this whole process take place. And then just this one verse came to my mind. It's in Genesis 50, 20. You know, Joseph was sold into slavery by his brothers, and then he ended up in prison because he was falsely accused of rape. And there in prison, Joseph kept, kept serving God, kept doing what he was supposed to do. But he had some brothers who had evil intent in his heart. You have a real-life devil. The Bible says in Genesis 50:20, what the enemy meant for evil, God will turn for good so that many can, can be saved. And we are believing that God wants to redeem what took place at the 
form a gathering place. We believe that God wants to use us to be part of the process of redemption and wholeness and to model what true restoration is. And so I just I want to speak this really, really factually today. God wants to redeem a bad situation and turn it for his good and for his glory. And can you give God a great big hand this morning? Come on, let's do that this morning. Capacity. We're at three. We, you know, we, we've exhausted the options on this campus. We looked at maybe possibly building another facility on this campus. We're on three acres. We're very limited. We, we wouldn't be able to put a parking lot on this campus to be able to facilitate the next stage of growth for a city church. That property there is 12 acres. It is, uh, it, it's going to facilitate the need for us to grow into the church that we believe that God has called us to be. Number three, we want to set things up for the next generation. This really, for my, my passion and my heart, this is where I am today. This is I am 51 years of age. When I turned 50, God spoke to my heart that I had a 10-year window to, to give it everything. That in the next 10 years, man, I was to focus my intensity on setting City Church up, the church that God inspired, put in my heart and my wife 15 years ago to start that we were to set this thing up for the next generation. Because the fact is that there are people that are coming behind us that God wants saved. Your children, your grandchildren, the, the people in this community that don't yet know Jesus, there are people coming behind us, and God wants to position. Everything in the kingdom is about generations. Jesus, the Bible says, the Bible says that, uh, that it went from generation to generation to generation. And the fact is that God's, God has called us to reach this generation and to position City Church for the next generation. Number four, there are just way more people to reach. There are way more people to reach. In a campus, in an auditorium that seats 200 no, the fact is you're only going to be able to reach a certain amount of people. And the Bible tells us in First Peter that God is not willing that anyone should perish. God doesn't want anyone to perish. God wants every person to have an opportunity to hear the message of grace and of Christ. And in our community, we have about 54,000 people in Sanford. Actually, the Seminole County community has about 375,000 people. We reach people from DeLand and Deltona. We reach people from, you know, Altamont, Longwood, uh, this whole Sanford community. And God has a great, great mission for us as a local church. The opportunity, the facility has become inadequate. This opportunity, uh, this facility has become inadequate to house the thousand plus people a week who call City Church their home or their school. Yet our call to bring God's love to the city one person at a time has not changed. Before us now is an opportunity to acquire an existing church facility right here in the Sanford community. Leonard Ravenhill did say the opportunity of a lifetime must be seized in the lifetime of that opportunity. We have an opportunity as a church family. On the back here, we have some frequently asked questions. We kind of go through this in a little more detail, why we're conducting the campaign, why we need a new building, how do I decide how much to give, to the, and this commitment over above my regular tithe. We answer all these questions. What are some creative ways that we can donate, how much we're trying to raise? We initially had set out to raise a million dollars. One of the big concerns is about our current debt load, our, we currently owe a little less than a million dollars on this property. Uh, our church budget at this time is around a million dollars. We're projected this year to do $1.2 million. We've had a 40% increase in giving in the past year. Between the school and the church, our total increase in giving and, and income has been over 25% for the year 2014. Can you give God a big hand? Uh, and so we're really, the, the, honestly, the more money we can reach, the smaller our, our debt load can be. We do currently have an offer. We have a letter of intent on this property that you're seated in lo, uh, currently. Uh, 
if we're able to acquire that other property, which we believe the Lord's going to help us to do, we are looking to sell this property. That is kind of the big picture of the plan here. I, I want to walk you through this journey and kind of some of the people that are going to be involved. We have campaign coordinators. I want to introduce them from the screen this morning. Uh, the, if you can pop that up for me there. But there you go. On your right is uh, Richard Miles. He is the captain of our deacon team. And uh, he is helping to coordinate, and he'll be up here communicating kind of what's happening as we go through this process. And then Joyce Shower, not Hank's on the front row, but his better half is Joyce Shower, and she's also the other co-campaign coordinators. Hank and Joyce actually moved from Seattle. They were one of the founding couples with one other couple when we started this church 15 years ago in the Seminole County community. Our... Um, our journey has been interesting. I'm going to tell you something today. The fact is, whatever journey God takes you on is seldom easy. The journey that God, you will have trials. Jesus said, in this life, you will have trouble, you will have trials, you will have tribulation. But be of good cheer. And the fact is, the, gener- the trial and the challenges that you face in life, they're not unusual. They're, they're things that we all experience in life. But God says, be of good cheer because I am with you. And I can tell you, in these last 15 years, God has been with this church. Because you know why? Because Jesus loves the church. I talked about it last Sunday. Jesus died for the church. Jesus, it is his goal, his design, not to build a building, but to build people who reflect him and worship him and give him glory and honor in everything they do. And the fact is Jesus is building his church, and the gates of hell will not prevail. You know, our first service, we interviewed a couple that had been with us for 14 years. And this service, I want to interview, I want to introduce to you a very special couple. He's also a, a deacon in our church. He teaches in the children's department with Impact Girls on Wednesday nights. And, and uh, uh, Marcus is part of our advisory team. We have a financial advisory team. We have a ministry deacon team. They've been with us for almost 13 years. And I want you to give Marcus and Don Goss a great big City Church welcome as they come this morning. I love you. I'm going to let you sit right there in the middle. Bless you, brother. Other day, uh, I ran into, actually, we had lunch together, and, uh, and on the way out, I gave him a hug. And I said, I just gave you a hug because I know you don't like to give hugs. So I gave him a hug. I want to make him feel uncomfortable. I'm going to give you guys mics here. But um, I want to thank you guys. You guys are a family to us, and I love you. It's been a great, I mean, really, I've watched their children grow from, well, two of them. One of them had just been born. The other one hadn't been born yet, and the oldest daughter had, was just a couple of years of, of age. And so I've got to, the great honor to be pastors for the last 13 years, and I believe for many years to come, but I've got to watch your family just grow in Christ. And yesterday I was at the TBQ little tournament and got to see your daughters in TBQ and then JBQ and children's ministry. And, you guys have been on the journey for a long time, and I want to say thanks. Thanks for being part of the journey. Why don't you just tell us? Tell us how you ended up at City Church. Tell us kind of how that story began for you. Well, for us, um, it was 12, 12 years ago or so, and um, with our first child, my wife had her on a schedule, uh, Peyton, and it could not be, it could not be amended. And um, it was just very difficult for us to drive to where we went to church which was faith assembly it was about 45 minutes from our house and don's whole family went to church there and um so we just weren't able to participate the way that we wanted to we made it to sunday morning and struggled for sunday night because of naps and various things and um so we had seen city church in behind the altamont mall which is very close to our house so truthfully uh the first reason we went was out of convenience 
and um, we went the first Sunday, and um, um, Peyton dropped a hair bow, and I don't know if you have kids' daughters, but you can't lose a hair bow. <laughs> so we went to lunch, and then Don made me drive back by. Um, and it was our last Sunday. Yeah. In that, in that first movie theater. We'd been there for three years. It was our very last Sunday. Yes. And we didn't have a truck to haul and transport stuff. So guess who shows up? Yeah, so I, <laughs> we go back looking for the hair bow. And, uh, and they're moving out. We see Sister Laura and Pastor Eugene actually themselves moving stuff out. And Don's like, we got the hair bow, of course. And then she's like, we've got to go back and help them. And so that was sort of our first experience. And I ended up with a diaper changing table at my house that night because we couldn't get it in the storage bin. So. We had to go back the next service. <laughs> I think they asked him, um, are you planning on coming back next week? If so, could you take this home with you? <laughs> so from there, you know, it was a lot of tear, tear down and set up. And, um, but, you know, for us, early on, we saw Pastor Eugene and Sister Laura's vision of how they wanted to impact the city. And um, that's good. So you guys began the journey, been on the journey for a long time. Tell me maybe something that really stands out in your mind, you know, from the first theater. That was I do remember asking you to help me, <laughs> help me move uh, that Sunday. But, you know, the next build, the next location was that second movie theater. And you guys were part of the setup and teardown. And, and then we moved to Longwood. That was a very unique time in our church's life and history. There's something that stands out in your mind over the last, you know, 10, 15 years that really kind of has made an impact on you guys. You know, um, Pastor, there are so many things that stand out in my mind um, it gets me choked up just thinking about being part of this, this journey with you. But, um, you know, I actually had a folder. Um, we've just been in so many various things. I've been, we've had activities, but I, I was going through my folder. And um, when we were at our, I guess, third location in Longwood, I think we got a call that maybe, would you be willing to have church outside? Sure, Pastor, because we were in this um, kind of a strip mall where, um, What's the barbecue place? Four Rivers. Yeah. For those of you who don't know where we're located, right there on 434. And um, because we were, um, I don't, no, we hadn't started church there yet. We were getting out of the other one. Anyway, long story short, we were going to maybe have church outside. And I just, I, I was like, oh, my goodness, I can't believe we're going to have to have church outside. And I typed this letter to the Orlando Sentinel. I still have it. And I was just reading through it. And um, the last thing I said was um, in the letter was that, Pastor Eugene, um, the Lord must smile when he looks down on Pastor Eugene being up to bat because he is just willing to, um, for, you know, to have church for a cause, to bring people together. And I you know, sat there thinking about this while I was crying, just reading this letter, and um, the word compel came to mind. And, you know, a shepherd tries to compel his sheep to follow the right path. And I've seen over the many years people, you know, gone astray. And just, just that act that you would do that, among with so many other things, I wanted teaching us to compel us to be better, a better person, to live our lives fully for Christ and um, meeting people along the way that I would have never met, having those bonds, people that maybe aren't with our church anymore that I know I could call them in the drop of a hat, just the, the bond in the Christian mm-hmm. family. That's cool. And we saw you live that and we bought that's into awesome. it. That's <laughs> good. Amen. I'm glad you did. Marcus, how about you? Something that stands out along the journey. Well, for me, um, I remember when we came here. Uh, to Sanford and um, had the opportunity to purchase this building and it wasn't I was tired of of setting up and tearing stuff down but at the same time (laughs) it just felt so right to me I I mean I remember the day 
I think there's terrazzo floors under here, and we were standing in here with a group of people and um, just kind of thinking that, okay, you know, we really have a home, you know. Yeah. And, um, and at the same time, I knew how we could impact the city, but I also remember that very day, Pastor Eugene saying, the sanctuary is too small. And in my mind, I'm like, okay, you know, we're trying to buy this place. <laughs> and we're already saying the sanctuary is too small. Let's just take it a step at a time. And, um, but I think we all knew it was too small. Yeah. And, uh, but we also, I think everybody that was a part of that knew that this was where God intended yeah. us to be. Yeah. And it was definitely clearly the will of God for us to be here in this location. And we're grateful. When you walk around here and you see what's happening even today and all during the week and Wednesday night and Celebrate Recovery and then come in here on a Saturday night and there's young people in here praying and just come in here in the morning there's people praying and the intern program and all the lives are being touched. How about your family? How's it impacted your family today? This is going to be so emotional. Um, just, you know, when you look back on your life, sometimes you don't, no one wants to go through change. Um, at least I don't. And um, it's not until you get to a, a different place that you can look back and see all those where you've been stretched and pulled, and it's made you the person that you are today. And I think back how um, we were compelled to serve. You know, I was thinking back when he was saying this, it was inconvenient to have to drive to a church farther away. Now, looking back, we have been stretched and pulled in a way that I would not change it for the world. My kids, it's molded them, it's shaped them, it's brought people together that I don't think we would have ever had that opportunity anywhere else. And if you're just willing to be used of the Lord and you set the example for that, um, you know, I think about you hauling out the table. You know, as we grow, you teach other people to do that because God wants his, us to become his disciples. And That's all good. along the way, you, you know, started programs that we didn't have back there, like JBQ. You know, we weren't set up. We weren't large enough to have those different people. But people came in. As our church grew, we've got more programs, and it's just helped raise up an army, Amen. an army of people. I love Jesus. Amen. You know, um, I had the privilege, Laura and I, Miss Laura and I, we uh, had breakfast with your two daughters, and um, I was just listening to their experience, because they've been along, you know, this is, they don't know another church, but every once in a while they say they'll go to their, one of their friends' church, and they're like, well, they're not like City Church. <laughs> And just to see their passion for Jesus and their love for worship and their love, you know, to really, they understand the mission. They know that they're called to bring God's love to the city. I mean, they know that phrase. They, they not only know it, they believe it and they live it and they, they walk it out in their own lives. And that's, that's what happens when a family catches the vision. And that's the purpose of God for all the families here. That you guys be planted at the local church. And there's something about stability. I've watched, and just, you know, to watch Marcus's last year, his business has taken him on trips and he's had to fly out of town and I've watched him be intentional about flying home so that he could be at church on Sunday morning because the fact is, you know, stability is a big thing. Your family's looking for it. Your kids are looking for that stability and I'm honored that I can serve the love of you guys and I love you. And I want you guys to give them a great big hand. Can you do that this morning? Thanks. I love you, Thank you. In Matthew chapter 9, in Matthew chapter 9, we see the heart of Jesus. And it has this phrase. It really outlines the ministry of Christ. In Matthew chapter 9, the Bible says that Jesus went. Jesus went from towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming 
the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness. And when he saw the crowds, the Bible said he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like a sheep without a shepherd. So Jesus had a command. He had a mission that his father had given to him. And Jesus came in obedience to the will and the purpose of the Father. When Jesus came to this world, he had this command, and that was to declare a message of good news, to declare a message of hope to a generation that was broken and hurting and lost. See, the fact is every generation needs the message of redemption. Every generation needs the message of hope. Every generation is broken. We have a real live enemy called the devil. We have a real live adversary, and his goal is to kill, steal, and destroy. The world that you and I live in today is not well. The world that we live in is not well. It doesn't take a rocket scientist. You turn on the news. You read the newspaper. You go to read Google. You read all the different you know, access of information that we have in our culture today. And the reality today is our world is sick. Our world is sick. Addictions, brokenness, wars, disease, fear. Ebola comes into our culture and people are terrified. And that's the work of the enemy. To fear, to give you fear, to keep you terrorized, paralyzed. To keep you from fulfilling the mission that God has called you to. Jesus came with the message of good news. Jesus came with the message of good news. And Jesus has sent you and I to share that message with other people. The fact is, Jesus says, as the Father has sent me, I now even send you. And Jesus has sent us and Jesus has sent this church family to declare this message of good news in our generation. To heal, to restore, to bring wholeness and life. But we're not on our own today. It wasn't just that Jesus had lived 2,000 years ago. Jesus is alive. And His Spirit lives and dwells in every person who calls upon Him. Every person who has an encounter with Jesus and invites Christ into their life is now empowered by His Spirit. The Holy Spirit of God enables us to live and to walk out this life that God's called us to today. You see, as followers of Jesus today, we have this command to go. We have this command to go. See, Jesus laid down his life for you and I. And, and as we come to become followers of Jesus, our desire then is to help other people. We call that at City Church, raise. Everyone say raise. We want every, per, every person Every person that encounters God to be able to grow spiritually in their faith. And at City Church, we have a model. We, we have this pathway we, we call the growth track. And the growth track is really simple. It's just it's an easy way for you to begin to, to take your journey with God. We have the 1.0 where you discover and find more about the church. And the 2.0, you find more about your spiritual, how to walk out a spiritual life and pray and read the Bible and 3.0, you find out you know, about God's purpose for you. And 4.0, about how to tell your story. Because everyone in this room has a story. And if you haven't been on the growth track, I would really encourage you to take this next step in your Christian journey. Because as you begin to grow in your faith, you're going to realize that you need to be connected with other believers. And we try our very best here to facilitate what we call groups. Everyone say groups. And we have lots of groups. We actually had like 30 women go on a camp out this weekend and and that was awesome. And they're connecting relationally. And they're praying for one another. And they're having a good time. They're doing life together. 
You know, every person here today, if you're a follower of Jesus, you've got to have another brother or sister in Christ that will pray with you, that will come alongside of you. One of the, weak, one of the greatest weaknesses in men's life is that they have no one who's speaking into their life. Yesterday I had breakfast with a pastor friend, and I'd only met him a, a couple of times, and, and he called me. He flew into town. He's from Denver, and he said, I'd like to do breakfast with you tomorrow or yesterday morning. And he told me, he said, before he, as he was leaving, one of his buddies, one of his friends at his church texted him and said, Hey, Pastor, I know you're going to be going out of town and be staying in a hotel alone tonight. I want you to know that I'm praying for you. I'm like, wow. So he, he's got a brother that cares. And you need a brother that cares if you're a man. If you're a woman, you need a sister that cares about you. They'll come alongside. You've got a problem. You've got an issue. They're going to pray with you. That's so valuable. And, and our, our church and our local church, our, we understand that God's called us not only to reach people, but to raise them and to grow them in their faith. Because not only do we have a command, but we've also got this thing that God has laid before us. He's given us a very clear model to follow. The model that Jesus gave, the model that we are to communicate to the world is as the Father has sent me, I'm sending you. God has a divine strategy from heaven. There's a divine plan from heaven. And many times when we look at it, we can't see how God has laid this out. But the reality today that this model that God has given to us is spirit-empowered. And it's calling us to go, to take this mission farther into the purpose that God has for us. And what drives us today, what compels us today, is his compassion. When Jesus looked at the multitudes of people, the Bible says that he had compassion on them. Jesus had compassion on his generation. And Jesus, when he looks at in our generation, his heart is broken. His heart is broken at the child that has to experience divorce in the family. His heart is broken by a person who's struggling with addiction that just hasn't been able to overcome. The heart of Jesus was motivated by, by compassion in his generation. And when we're touched with the heart of Jesus, when we're touched with the heart of Jesus, we're motivated by compassion. One of, the, one of the clearest indicators that a person is really born again to me is that he loves other people. Is that he really loves other people. Because, see, every person in this room needs three things. Every person needs to experience and know true love. Every person in this room needs to know and experience true acceptance. And every person in this room needs to know and experience true forgiveness. Love, acceptance, and forgiveness. See, it's the compassion of Jesus that compels us because we believe that God really loves people. God really loves people. You are loved by God. Your Father in heaven sent His Son, Jesus, because He loves you. For God so loved the world. You can't hear it enough. You can't hear it enough. You've gone through difficulties and challenges and the week maybe has been hard. And you need to know today that God cares. God cares does care. God does love. Paul says his love is so wide and so deep. It's beyond human comprehension. And one of the indications to me that a person is truly born again is that his heart goes from being selfish and about self-preservation and about, about living for me to a heart that wants to love and to serve other people. To me, it is the clearest indication that a person has truly been born again is now he can now say, I love my enemy. I love my enemy. I love the person who's done me wrong. It doesn't mean there's not justice. It doesn't mean things need to be reconciled. But I can truly say that I love people. The second thing that every person needs is this acceptance. We want people, when they come to City Church, we want them to know that they're accepted just the way they are. The fact is we have a church of acceptance. 
We have a church that accepts people, but we believe when people come to God, when people come to Christ, they're accepted just the way that they are, but they won't stay that way. Every person that encounters God will be changed. Every person that has a true relationship with God will become more like Jesus. That's the goal. That's the model that he laid before us. To be accepted. To know that you're cared for. To know that regardless of your past, your brokenness, regardless of what you've done, the fact is this church is a hospital for people that need to be healed. That's what the body of Christ is. The body of Christ is a hospital. I do hospital visitations and and sometimes I'll, I've gone, and some people, you walk in and you hardly think they're sick, but other times you go into a room and someone's really, really, really sick. And you know the, the reality today that the church, we're all at different levels in our understanding and relationship with God. Some of us are really struggling in our faith today. Some of us, we're just struggling. We even The people in the struggle, does God really care? I want you to know today God accepts you. You're accepted by God, but you're also accepted by your church family. People come from into this church with all kinds of stories. I tell people that you might see my glory, but you don't know my story. You know, we all got a story. You got a story of your past and how you got to where you are today. But God's in the story-changing business. He changes our story for our good, our good, but ultimately for His glory. See, God loves you. God accepts you. But ultimately, what you need to know is God forgives you. God forgives. The psalmist declared, from, as far as the east is from the west, he'll remember our sins no more. What a generation needs to know today that God wants to forgive them. There's no way to eternal life. There's no way to a relationship with God other than to experience his forgiveness. That's what communion was about this morning, experiencing the forgiveness of God. We confess our sins. He's faithful and just to forgive us. This reach, this reaching more people in our community is about more people knowing the love of God. More people knowing the acceptance of God. More people being forgiven by God. You know, I've I've long time now, 20-some years, 25, whatever years, I've been doing ministry plus and almost 30 maybe. A long time I've been doing this. And i got to tell you, it never gets old to see a life changed. It never gets old to see a person come to faith in Christ. Last week when we baptized six people, it never gets old watching people going into the pools of baptism and saying, I've, I've decided to follow Jesus. It never gets old. It never gets old to, say, to see a person say, you know what, our marriage is getting back together. It never gets old to see a child give their heart to Jesus. It never gets old because this thing is all about the one. It's all about the one. Bringing God's love to the city one person at a time. It's about the one. The one person who will go on and change the destinies of others. I want you to see a story of a person whose life has been changed because of her life being touched by City Church. Watch this story now. coming to City Church about 10 years ago with my mom and being nine years old I had never had so much fun at a church before. We loved it here and we quickly got involved serving in kids church. My mom drove the bus. She started the bus ministry. It was so exciting, so amazing to see this church impact so many lives by the power of Jesus. After a couple of years my mom decided to leave the church and that's when a lot of things started happening in our lives. Um, we ended up homeless 
and had to move to Maryland with my dad, a man that I never really met and I never really knew him. And this experience really left me depressed and angry and hurt and I felt like there was no hope for me. So I decided to come back home thinking it would be better, but it really ended up being worse. My whole family was split apart and there was so much pain and so much hurt and I really did not know how to handle it. So I blamed myself and I blamed God for all that happened. And then when I was 14, my cousin invited me back to City Church and as soon as I stepped foot on this campus, I really realized that this was the place where I was supposed to be. I was so loved here, this was my family, and I loved and love everything about City Church. We truly worship God here, we love one another as a family, and I also love that we aren't about staying comfortable, but we are willing to do whatever it takes to see people far from God meet and grow in Christ. Since I've been here, God has totally changed my life. He's drawn me closer to Him, and He's taught me how to remain joyful. He's taught me what love really looks like and how to just stay faithful. And I am so excited to see what God does through this church, through our ministry. And I look forward to seeing us reaching thousands of people in our community and the communities that we send people to. And City Church is all about bringing God's love to this city. And that's one thing that we have never ceased doing. And I'm so excited for what's to come. Come on, isn't that awesome? Amen. And we just, uh, more Alicia's. Come on, right? I mean, more Alicia's all across this city. And so, uh, uh, Pastor, thank you so much for that word. Thank you for the vision. Can we give our pastor just a huge hand? And thank you for that. And, um, we do something really cool as we close this service. So instead of, uh, if, what we're going to do is I'm going to have you stand up in just a second. And we're going to pray. Not yet. You can if you'd like to. 